They say it's not about the destination, but the journey. And while every story has a beginning, we're here to talk about Hey everybody, it is time once again for another episode of The End. I am half of your hosts, Podcast Rob. And I am 25% to the other half, James Hatton. Don't ask. Oh. Transporter. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure where the, oh, are you, are you Brundle Hatton? Is that what it is now? Beeble Bratton. Brox hat. Anyway, I had that in your head for your t-shirt shop because uh, you you posted it today that I guess you oh, did the, it last year. The Beeblebrox, yeah, yeah. Beeblebrox, yep. uh, Beeblebrox, Beeblebrox 2020. Two heads, three arms, one promise. Find, yes. find it on my, uh, my uh, T Public page. Woo-hoo. For those who are uh, maybe checking the end out for the very first time, this is where we watch the last episode of a show just the last episode of course some of sometimes it's a show we've seen sometimes it's a show we haven't but this month we are attacking heroes just for one day yep so uh, you were i think more finger deep into the into the heroes verse right uh okay I'm not sure I've ever heard it. Anyway. I'm not sure I've ever heard it described quite that way, but uh, yeah. knuckle deep, yeah, in some heroes. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, I was very into the TV show. Uh, this is one of those TV shows that unfortunately uh, fell victim at some point during its runtime to the uh, to the Writers Guild strike that happened. Yep. Uh, so it started off really good, took a weird direction, went kind of wonky, went really wonky and then kind of came back and a lot of people who were really hyped about the beginning of it were kind of like by the time it got to the end of it as was i i didn't actually finish the show on tv i finished it when it came out on uh, netflix many 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 years ago yeah i was there day one big group of us sat in the living room and watched the first episode then every once in a while we get back together and catch up on it and by the end of the first season, I was already sort of grumpy about it. And that was because I really was expecting that first season to culminate in all of them playing some significant part together or sort of declaring their good guy, bad guy side. I wasn't expecting everybody to sort of be a hodgepodge of... You know, we ran into each other once at Circle K, and hey, I think you took my wallet, and hey, over here. Like, all of their stories intertwined, but more in a lost way, which is obviously in the time frame this came out. Sure. Than in, as a, as a huge comic book fan, I, I was looking for this to be an origin story, and it just never felt like that to me. Uh, I mean, for me, it felt like an origin story. It just, unfortunately, I was expecting it to end up being kind of like, I'll use Avengers or Justice League or something like that to kind of represent that all of them were going to be kind of on the same level Mm -hmm. and they would eventually, you know, come to terms with each other and be this big, huge group. And it was really clear that out of, like, the nine characters, there were really only three of them that were super important. And everybody else was kind of like, meh, if they do something, they do something. If not, we can figure it out without them kind of thing. Yeah, everybody else was hot pie and 
Gendry. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, but I mean, it was cool that they tied their parents into it, you know, eventually, that it, that it wasn't just, that, that the thing that seemed super random and just them uh, became completely not random whatsoever. Oh, that's uh, good to know. I don't think I remember if that was, that was probably season two-ish, because I was already sort of spotty other than, you know, catching the episodes that Kristen Bell was in. Yeah, and it was... Uh, and she it played was, a speedster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was... Season two got really weird because season two was almost alternate universe-ish where a lot of the good guys were now bad guys and a lot of the bad guys were kind of semi-good guys. And it just got really weird because mm-hmm. people... The original concept for the show was that it was going to be sort of like what American Horror Story became, where every season was going to be different to the point where the casts were going to be different. It was just going to have this constant rotating, evolving cast throughout the show, and characters would come and go. But the fan base was so huge for the original set of characters that they decided to type, kind of rewrite stuff and shoehorn them into other stuff. So now how do we make a season two where a lot of your bad guys are good guys and vice versa? We're going to have to keep the same actors. And it just didn't wash with a lot of people because it's like, well, no, uh, Hayden Pinatari is is the cheerleader. She's the good guy. Why is she playing a bad chick in this episode, like in this season? It just didn't. It was like taking people out of a good context. Right. Uh, uh, did you ever see uh, Club Dread with, long the, time ago, with, with yes. the broken lizard people? Yeah, that everybody hated that movie because the guy who played Farva in Super Troopers was now the brains of the operation in Club Dread, and people were like, "But that's Farva. He's not the smart one. He's the dumb one. Why isn't Why isn't the guy who's playing Ramathorn the smart one? He was the smart. One. It was taking him out of the the archetype that had gotten them popular, and they got so used to it. Yeah, and it just kind of screwed shit up. But um, by the time we get to season four, we've gone from heroes to villains, villains to heroes, redemption, this whole other crap. And now we're into what they call redemption was season four. So season two was generations where they started talking about more of the parental side of things, which only had 11 episodes. And then season three was broken into two parts. Villains was the first part. Fugitives was the second part. Total of 25 episodes. And then for season four was Redemption, 18 episodes, uh, started on September 21st, 2009. And to your point as to, you know, they didn't want to get rid of the characters that people loved. Mm -hmm. I found it very interesting that with very few exception, I knew everybody that was in this episode. Yep. There there was a couple differences. There was a couple, uh, the the villains, um, I wasn't familiar with them and we'll get to them in a little bit, but... It was, you know, the cheerleader and her dad. It was, uh, you know, Gilmore Girls, Jesse, Milo, uh, Pet- the Petrellis. My, right, Milo, Siler. Ventimiglia. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it was all the people that you kind of knew with the exception of the hot blonde chick was gone. Yep. You know, it, so I, I can see where it was that people just wanted to keep on these characters. I think I would have preferred the... the the way it went, uh, that rather they wanted it to go in a American Horror Story style way, because, but that's that was an idea ahead of its time for U.S. audiences. Sure, you know it took another couple of years for American Horror Story to take that British storytelling idea 
and use it. So where we start off, everybody's in peril and there's uh, an evil circus. Yes, it is a kind of like a wandering carnival kind of thing of, uh, I'll call them mutants for lack of a better, for lack of a better phrase. I don't think they ever really used that term. Morlocks uh, kind of thing. In the show at all to discuss the people who had their powers. Uh, but it's basically a, a traveling carnival of powered folk. And it didn't sit well with a lot of people. But again, when I watched this, the show had been over for a number of years already. Heroes Reborn had already come and gone. But uh, when I watched this, I'm like, you know, it's really clever. Because having worked at various Renaissance festivals throughout my uh, acting career, mm-hmm. it really makes sense that people who would have those kind of powers and are kind of, you know, shunned by normal society, let's say, right, uh, would kind of end up in that kind of commune slash collective slash uh, family that a wandering carnival would offer for them. Um, because you're, you're really among your own at that point. 100%. Um, so for me, that was like, wow, that's actually kind of brilliant and makes total sense to me. Yeah, I mean, as we both are, to, to even to our minor degree, sort of carny trash, we know, it, we know what it's like to, to work fairs and festivals, and it is the perfect place to, to hide in plain sight um, and to, you know, the Danes go away at six o'clock. Now we can be ourselves because we're ourselves amongst all of the other fucking weirdos. Mm-hmm. So it, there's actually a Dean, one of my favorite Dean Koontz books covers that same thing. It's called Twilight Eyes, uh, where, you know, they're sort of, it's a, it's basically they live, but it's at a circus. Okay. And so the one guy that can see through the they live ends up, um, and it seems that the only bastion of, of culture that is not infected by the they live people is this circus because they know their own. Okay. Um, so it seems very, very similar in that regard. So, had you have you ever seen uh, season four at all? No, I've seen none of it. Um, so, when we come into this, I I knew the players. You know, I knew the cheerleader and her dad, who was originally sort of the covert, secrety, secret guy, and he seems like he's still that. Sure, uh, HRG as he was known in the earlier seasons. Oh, that's right. Homeroom glasses. Yep. Um, I know Hero and his buddy, whose name eludes me, and I know they time jump around. Yep. Um, the Petrellis, I knew nothing about where they'd been because the last thing I remember was Milo leaving the chick to die in the future. Um, and let me see. The other one, there was the cop. I saw him. Matt Parkman. And Siler. Yeah, uh, And Siler, who was now a good guy. And I knew that happened because people had told me. Um, and I did appreciate that me coming in having not seen season three and not seeing probably most of season two, um, the cop was me right? in this instance because he's sitting there going, you can't trust him. That's Siler. He's a big scumbag. He's hurt so many people. He killed so many things. And that's all I remember him for. So having the cop sort of, he was speaking for the guy who was just watching the finale to watch the finale. Right. 
So the the whole season four revolves around uh, this dude Samuel, who uh, Samuel Sullivan, who is played by actor Robert Nepper. If you look up Robert Nepper, you'll be like that fucking jerk off. Like he <laughs> plays like every douchebag villain that you've probably seen on TV in the past five years. Oh yeah, he was on Prison. I knew I'm, I saw him immediately because I knew him from Prison Break. He was on Prison Break. He was in. Uh, Blacklist. Uh, he's he's that guy. Oh, he's on the Ice Zombie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's playing the villain uh, Samuel Sullivan, who has the ability to create uh, localized vibrations, like earthquakes and stuff. Um, and his whole shtick is that the more powered individuals are around him, the stronger he gets. Okay. So he's like the the de facto leader of uh, this group of misfits who work for this traveling carnival. They um, want to be dentists. And he's uh, like the whole basic thing is he uh, it's almost it's almost the Magneto thing. You know, they're never going to accept us. They're always going to belittle us. They're always going to hate us. So if they hate us and fear us already and we're trying to be good guys, why not just fucking live up to their expectations and make them really fear us so they'll stop screwing with us kind of thing. Yep. Um, and I remember the uh, the last big scene that happened in this final episode is, and the CGI was really terrible. <laughs> but uh, the carnival is kind of I don't want to say it's in this little valley but off in the distance you see like houses and cottages working their way up this hillside that just keeps getting taller and taller and taller kind of thing off until almost like mountain kind of stuff in the background right. um, the whole thing starts shaking and then like the whole thing just kind of collapses like a flan in a cupboard um, and so <laughs> now it's just like completely flat ground uh, it's it was a really weird way to end it because this really wasn't supposed to be the last episode. It was the final episode of the fourth season, but then the show got canceled three months later. Uh, so they didn't really have a way to pick up with it the following season and finish off what they wanted to tell. So it ended up becoming the uh, de facto series finale. Um, but it did have a lot of the uh, a lot of the regulars, like you said, uh, Hero, uh, his buddy Ando. Um, Ando, that's what it was. Yep. Ando was such a great sidekick because, like, he had he zero powers, but he was there for the whole time. And I remember very, like, again, any point of reference I have is season one or two. Uh, in Hero, explaining to him that, you know, that to Hero, Ando was the hero. Right. Which I always thought it was a beautiful little scene. Um, but... They explain things very well. They explain that Hero's been in the past and, and he hooked up with this cute redhead and now she's, you know, now he's back in the present and she's lived a life. You know, they told a very nice little quick tale that way. Um, even the even between Hayden Pantier and the dad, they told a nice sort of held in its own bubble, didn't need to know too, too much to get the gist of what she wants versus what he wants. Right. I so, uh, don't remember the Pichali stuff so much, though. So the uh, the whole thing where Samuel destroys all the ground around him is like it's supposed to be his big plan. So he has these visions of it. Uh, when they come to stop him, Hero ends up basically teleporting most of the carnival people away from Samuel. 
and Samuel uh, gets attacked by uh, Peter Petrelli, who yes. ends up uh, siphoning some of his power. So now they're kind of uh, equally matched. Uh, when Hero transports everybody away, now Samuel's powerless. So it's basically just Samuel and Peter punching each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter beats the crap out of him. Uh, and, uh, the, the, the humor line is, I gotta say, I never liked carnivals anyway. (laughs) Um, the kind of epilogue to this is as Samuel's taken away by, uh, Noah Bennett's new kind of company, uh, they're putting out a cover story to explain kind of what happened at the carnival that night. Right. The news um, is going bonkers. What happened? What happened? What happened? Right. Claire gets some of the press people to follow her as she climbs to the top of the Ferris wheel. Uh, they notice Claire climbing up. Uh, Peter says that if she does what she wants to do, this is going to change everything. And the silent declares, well, it's a brave new world. Claire jumps off the Ferris wheel with the press watching she lands, splat, stands up, the cameras are on her, she relocates her arm, and the cut on her face starts to heal, and she says, my name is Claire Bennett, and this is attempt number, I guess I've kind of lost count. Right. Which is the same thing she did in the very beginning, when she was testing out her abilities, and her friend was videotaping her when she was jumping off of stuff. You know, I'm Claire Bennett, and this is attempt number four. Um... So they were trying to bring everything... Let's tie it all back together. Full circle? Exactly. And I will say that I I really, really like that, even from the perspective of uh, the, the first thing that was famous about that show was save the cheerleader, save the world. That was the tagline. Sure. That was what everybody was saying. That's the thing that we all sort of hinged on. So for the last moment of the series be her getting the big reveal it felt it felt correct it felt like that they, they did the show a good send-off a good goodbye even holding to that first season tagline like she just i for lack of for the heroes you know she she made the world for them she just saved them in in some if you want to view it that way yeah, so i, I, I guess really, i dug it i mean it's they probably didn't even think of that when they said it, but I, I sort of saw it as a very full circle thing, not just what she said, but the, the action she took. Okay. Can we, can we talk about the villains, um, the other carnival freaks? Yeah. Because they were cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the marionette guy? Mm-hmm. Um, please, do they focus? I mean, he alone was worth me checking out at least a couple episodes if his power works, if he's shown in sort of... With his creepy ass power, right, right. Um, he kind of waves his fingers around like a puppet master, and the the viol- There's a chick playing a violin, and it's him that's making her do it, and he's mm-hmm. and it's just because of that. Um, what were some of the other the the other villain powers? Because I I wish there was more of them because that was so cool. And Siler takes them out eventually. Yeah, I'm actually trying to look him up right now. Oh, uh, okay. He was a he was a bigger dude. Looked at, he had like a baby Huey look. Um, it was, he was almost like if Daredevil needed a budget kingpin. Okay. Um, 
when I saw him, I was like, hey, it's it's like Kingpin stunt double. <laughs> it's Kingpin if you squint a bit. It doesn't matter if you don't have it up. Yeah, um, it's because even like on the even on the Wikipedia, like they're listing additional season four characters. Right. But they only have like three of them listed. Boo. Oh, well. Uh, if you do end up having to go watch this season, watch out for the, the puppet master guy because he he scratched one of my favorite comic villain itches because he was sort of purple manny and I'm a huge purple man fan. But I will say I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed it made me remember what I enjoyed about the tone of the show. It all it felt very good. I I remember them like jumping to Fugil Japan and jumping into like Mad Max Future Thunderdome bullshit and it was just it's just lost me. But this felt much more like that first season and I'd heard that from people that the show regrouped in a very good way and it sucked that they they lost all sense of of fandom. Okay, so we have Arnold, who had the ability of space-time manipulation. Uh, we had the Bowman family, who were fire breathers. We That's had, super smart. We had uh, Emma Coolidge, who could perceive sound as a form of colored light. Uh, we had Damien, who could restore, heal, and distort other people's memories. Okay. Uh, we had Edgar, who had enhanced speed. Uh, Edgar played by uh, Ray Park. Of, ah, uh, very good. Yep, of... Uh, Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, Darth Maul fame. fame. Yep, uh, we had Eli, who was a thief and a diamond mine owner. Uh, we had Ian Michaels... Uh, who has the ability to control, manipulate, and accelerate plant growth. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Greer, who could control life force of living creatures, so he could either heal them or kill them. Uh, Lydia, the painted lady. Uh, her <laughs> Very, ability... Oh, she, she had, like, living tattoos, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Love that. She was also... Her ability was also called backfiring, so she could be susceptible to anyone else's desires. Um, Lydia also played the wife of, uh, in, uh, House of Lies, if you saw that. Uh, that was a great show, too. Uh, like maybe a few episodes. Joseph Sullivan, uh, he was the leader of the carnival until his mysterious death because, uh, Samuel killed him. Uh, Becky Taylor, Power of Invisibility, uh, and then the other ones were just introduced in graphic novels or yeah. in uh, the webisodes that they did. Yeah, I knew that there was a continuity graphic novels. Like I knew yeah, there yeah. was there was some uh, graphic novels that that did fit within the the heroes' fiction. Yep, and this this was also uh, during the time frame where there were a lot of TV shows that were doing expanded story stuff through uh, webisodes, like 10, 15-minute uh, episodes that you could only find on their website mm -hmm. uh, that gave you kind of either in-depth look into characters that they didn't want to take time during the TV show to do uh, or stuff like that. Um, yeah, that was very big in, like, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, yeah, I, I will say that it, I was half expecting it to be silly, and I came away from it... Sort of happy I saw it, just to, to get a little closure on, on that show. And 
I know they tried to do a reboot, Heroes Reborn or something like that. Um, yeah, that came I, out like five years later, and I don't necessarily... It was kind of a soft reboot, but kind of not really a reboot. It was uh, like a continuation to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really weird. Yeah, I, and I have no point of reference for that at all. So, Yeah, I actually ended up not watching it um, because I thought it was a reboot uh-huh. and it's it wasn't uh noah bennett is still in it uh mohinder is still in it uh okay uh, there were a lot of other people heroes in it angela petrelli's in it uh micah sanders the, uh, the the kid is in it um parkman is still in it but there's also like a lot of newer people uh it had uh 13 episodes and then two sets of webisodes but uh yeah, I don't know that it really picked up the way it thought it did. Yeah. I mean, I I'm fairly certain they so, knew it didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> Heroes T- Heroes creator Tim Kring in interviews said uh Heroes Reborn takes place considerably after the events of the original series so much that this is not the fifth season. This is actually the tenth season. Interesting. So they were placing it so much further in the future that I guess they just didn't want it to be confused whatsoever as picking up where the old ones left off. Uh, I remember that it did have a big uh, teaser for during the Super Bowl in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was basically... It was only like 16 seconds long. It was black screen, and then you would see kind of the outline of the eclipse, which was like the big imagery from the original series. Yeah, that's right. So the eclipse would happen, and then the other letters of the words heroes formed around it, and then Reborn faded in underneath it, and then it just cut to black again. And like, that was the entire thing. But people went, oh my god! And for for good reason. I mean, it did capture a moment. It's just, it just couldn't again, because of the writer's strike and because yeah. of some mishandling of its own property, you know, it, it could have been better, but, uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, if, I mean, don't take our words on the, uh, the final episode as, uh, not liking the series as a whole. Uh, I definitely think, It's something that if you haven't seen it and you can find it, uh, I would definitely uh, search it out and watch it if you you haven't seen it. And if you've only seen part of it, uh, I would say it's worth your time to uh, go through and finish the whole thing out and finish watching it. But uh, I would definitely give it a look. I I very well might now, now that I've seen it, Um, you know, seen the end and see that it, it... it was not what I expected, and it and it was good, well written superhero television. Which, you know, in the era of superheroes at the moment, like, come on, this show is. One could argue it showed that you could make a bigger universe. And not you only that, this is universe. before the time of all the DC shows, all the Marvel sure. shows, all the Netflix shows. So this was kind of your 
superhero universe on TV. Uh, yeah, and this it, was t- again, it did, regardless of how it ended, it started, like, the first season started with, like, 14, 15 million viewers per episode. And sure, by the end of season five, that dropped down to, like, five or six million viewers per episode. Uh, but you'll see the drop-off start to happen in numbers right at the end of season two and as they got into season three and when the writer's strike really started screwing with stuff. Um, but there were a lot of TV shows that got affected by that. So it would be interesting to see this series, if it could take place in a reality in which the writer's strike didn't happen and what they could have done uh, had they didn't have to deal with something like that. Yeah, just to give it some perspective, Arrow, which is sort of the the grandpappy of the, the DC TV-verse, um, was 2012, and that's two years after this one off the air in 2010. Yep. Just to, to give that for some perspective. So what did you guys think out there? Did you Were you part of the, the Heroes craze? Did you sit and watch the show? Is it like your weekly to-do? You know, what's what's your stance on Heroes? Um, I, I highly recommend. It's on the Netflix. Uh, or Is it on Netflix? I'm pretty I sure I saw it. I it still is. I know it was at a time. I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, no. I saw it on my private server. That's I didn't see it on Netflix. I apologize. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Otherwise... You know, you can get it on all of your rental places like Amazon Prime. Sure, absolutely. But I, it sums up for me. What shows do you want to see coming up on the end? Uh, we are coming up to our next month, and it's going to get spooktacular. So if you have any cool Halloween suggestions for October, please let us know. It's it's our favorite month for movies and TV and stuff. So Absolutely. And we, we love feedback. So like you said, if you have a show that you would like to see, want us to talk about the end of, uh, or a movie that you want us to do on something in review, uh, you know, hit us up on the on the Facebook, hit us up on the Twitter. If you go to somethingcast.com, you have all the buttons and widgets and doodads that you need to get a hold of us in any way, shape, or form that you would like to. Uh, and if you go to shop.somethingcast.com, you will also find every way that you can uh, get some really cool swag, either from the show or from myself or from uh, my partner James. Hello. Um, Decorate your car with it. Decorate your computers with it. You know, get shirts for yourself. Uh, for I was your going to say, decorate your family. body with Rob. Yeah, shirts. exactly. Uh, there's a ton of different stuff. Uh, shop that somethingcast.com. Somethingcast.com is the website. Hit us up. Let us know what you would like to see us talk about. Uh, I think that's everything we've got. I think it is. Until next time, I am Podcast Rob and I'm James Hatton. We will talk to you next time on the end. The end. You have hit record! As have I. And a three, two, one. Beep. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was thinking who starts this and then completely screwed up. Nah, you could start it. It's uh, fine. Okay, three, two, two, two one. one. Beep. Beep. Mm. God damn it. Three, two, one. Beep. Beep.